0: For our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs pet chat on your pet friendly radio station Two nurfm rfm
1: 103.7 hello hello yes we are back it's that time of the week cheryl shaw hello to you hello to you sarah in your ses outfit oh yes of course we are supporting them today we're wearing our orange and you've worn orange as well absolutely it's a wow wednesday it is a Wow wednesday dr david tabrit where's your piece of orange um,
0: i'm wearing orange are you yeah i just can't show you
1: <laughs> oh okay <laughs> fair enough too now cheryl before we get into it did you do the million paws walk absolutely on the weekend, it long? was
2: fabulous it was so much fun and lots and lots of people there so thank you to everybody who came along and supported the rspca it was a great day lots of money raised and welcome to the show lorraine from stockton
1: you've got a question about your dog today Yes, my I have a uh,
3: Tibetan spaniel. Uh, Cheryl actually knows us. My name is Lorraine, and um, we have a problem with her elbow, her front elbow on her um, on her left um, leg. Um, it clicks in and out, and the vet said it doesn't need surgery at the moment. But we've been giving her sardine a sardine in her dinner mm. um, to try and. Um, give her some you know some sort of help with the um with the um the the, the pain of it all and so mm. forth are we doing the wrong thing or do do we need something else to give her
0: so how old's your dog lorraine
3: she's uh five going on six
0: mm. okay and so has she been doing this for a while she's had trouble with the elbow or is it just recently
3: She's, been, she's
0: had trouble with the elbow. We were told about it about oh, four months ago. Oh, okay. So not, a, not as a, yeah, like so a she she limps.
3: She limps with it. If, she, if we walk her a long way, mm-hmm. she limps.
0: So we do see um, with a number of different breeds, uh, both small and large breed dogs, we do see elbow disease. Elbow dysplasia is one of the most... Uh, common of elbow diseases, I guess, and it generally is considered to be a uh, congenital or a you know a conformational fault where they 're growing and so it can come in, but we also recognize that some dogs it only shows up when they 're older, and um, you know so maybe maybe your dog fits into that category where we 've got some ongoing arthritis, and so yeah. the fish oil is basically uh, the sardines is trying to provide some Balance of uh, omega three and omega six fatty acids, which have been shown to be helpful with uh, different types of arthritis, so i wouldn 't necessarily say that 's the wrong thing to do it 's just whether whether it 's enough
3: enough um, yes.
0: and so it really depends on you know five going on six is a you know middle age but young middle aged dog i wouldn 't want to have chronic pain for you know years and years and years after this. Uh, there may be some, certainly some other treatments. Medical um, question about the surgery. It really depends on what the disease is, and most of those dogs that we look at with surgery, we're doing yeah, them. Yeah, I think I know.
3: think the vet said it was dysplasia.
0: Yes, el- um, elbow dysplasia. Yes. So some of those dogs we do we're doing surgery when it's younger, before this osteoarthritis kicks in, um, right. to try and prevent that but there are some dogs where we get um they actually fracture a little piece of bone inside the joint and if that's still in the joint that's Mm. that's always going to cause pain it's always going to cause arthritis no matter what medications you give so usually we need to do x-rays or a ct scan of the elbows to tell us if that's the problem and then maybe surgery is helpful but certainly medical therapy is going to be the way to go so you do need to look at exercise you need to look at diet you need to look at the fish oil and possibly some non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medication to help reduce the pain but it'd be worth revisiting with your vet and saying look can we talk about just make sure there's nothing in the joint Um, an x-ray or as i said a ct is actually the best kind of way to look at that
3: Yeah, yeah yeah so the only thing my our vet is trying to save us is because i'm on a pension and um Cindy, yes. Cindy is my assistance dog right and I, I i i count on her she's my lifeline yeah and um I don't want her to be in pain, but um we need to look at um our financial um Side yep. of things
0: too. Yeah. So the the end result is, I think, no matter which way you go, you're always going to end up on medication. And um, I would I would certainly continue with the fish oil uh, in the sardines. There are other forms of that, but um, I think just revisit with your vet and say, okay, what are the what are the things we can do long term to minimise the pain, minimise the arthritis? X rays might be something you want to look at because you know you just don't want to have her in that pain, as you said. So um, I think you're on the right path. Just keep going, but I'll go back and check with your vet again.
1: Four nine two one six two one six is our number today. If you've got a question for Dr. David Tabret, we are talking pet chat. Hello, Leone Ingrida. You've got a question about your Staffie. Um, I have a six-year-old Staffie, mm-hmm. and
4: um, she's an inside dog. Uh, and we live on some land as well, uh, so she's been she's been well trained for for inside and. Um, we feed her in the morning. She goes out and does a business before she's fed. Uh, but I've noticed the last few months that she seems to be just um, more keen to get inside and get get fed. Um, so she'll she'll do a wee, but um, she's very um, not really going to mm. the toilet. Very well. She sort of snaps off pretty quick, and um, and then when I take her for a walk later on, um, or even if just have her outside, she then might go to the toilet, like in the carport or something like that.
0: Okay, so you've noticed some change of behaviour, and um, and also her toileting habits—is yeah, that correct? That's right. Yeah, and oftentimes there can be a whole lot of different reasons that we'd see this. Um, one of the things that I've noticed and I think you said she was six years old so one of the things I'd notice is some dogs that get uh, arthritis in their hind limbs or in the bottom of their spine can actually start to have problems um, you know going to the toilet and so they kind of don't they'll they'll start and then they'll stop and they'll always seem a bit uncomfortable and some dogs yep. will have uh, neurological disease, like there could be nerve impingement, or it could be joint pain. Kind of a similar scenario we were talking with Lorraine is that we've got to find out what's causing that. And I would be, oftentimes people go, "Oh, arthritis wouldn't do that sort of thing," but it really does. It will it will yep. ca- change their behaviour dramatically, and. Um, You know that's where we do look at x-rays we do look at a neurological examination and an orthopedic examination so where the vet examines the nerves um, and if you know the nerves controlling the back end are all coming from that lower spine so we've really got to make sure that there's no disease in that area there's a couple of different things that can cause that but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of Followed up with your vet and then came back and said, Yeah, actually, she's got arthritis in her hips, and we've yeah, started with we, we, We've got uh, polished floorboards too, so I sort of think
4: uh, it's probably, you know, just looking around Could and have. things like
0: that. Yeah, and that's often a clue as well that dogs are actually getting some nerve problems with their back legs. They're, they're, they're not getting what we call a proprioceptive input. So that's kind of, proprioception is um, the nervous system telling us where the parts of our body are in space and in relation to. The other parts of our body so that you don't fall over. Um, And it seems to be exacerbated on slippery floors or vinyl because they're not getting as much input through their feet. And so we we often see dogs that have got spinal cord disease. They can walk on concrete fine, but you put them on vinyl and they just can't stand up So because they're just not getting the nerve impulses. So I wouldn't be surprised if you find there's something going on there that could be actually treated with some medication, as i said it might okay. be a, you know it might be an arthritis problem and hopefully hopefully it's just that spinal cord disease could be could also be involved
1: Okay, so, yeah, trip to the vets. Thank you so much for the call, Leonie. 49216216 mm. is our number today for Pet Check. Now, Cheryl, let's talk about rocks and the fact that um, some of our dogs do seem to like eating them. I was asking you off-air, David, why they would do that, whether mm. it's an anxious thing, and you said it certainly is a behavioural issue.
0: Yes, yeah. I, Cheryl will probably fill out some of the things, but the dogs <laughs> I've seen that have uh, eaten rocks... A lot of them have got generalised anxiety.
2: Okay, yeah. And you know what? You you just sort of think to yourself, it's impossible. Why would they want to do that? But they do. They Mm. just go around. And one of our big issues is that lately we've been having a lot of landscaping using rocks. So you see people putting the rocks in for landscaping. Yeah, the pebbles. The pebbles, Mm. yep. Mm. They're very popular. They Mm. are so popular. But what it's done is increased the amount of emergencies. And no doubt, David, you've been seeing this.
0: Yep. We... we see them from time to time and uh contrary to popular opinion they just don't always pass through
2: no so you know a lot of dogs are inquisitive so when you put down these rocks and, and you know sometimes it's bark or it's pebbles in your garden they're inquisitive they'll go along and they'll pick it up and play with it and unfortunately sometimes they ingest it now when this happens it can be a really serious issue and there's What it's called, it's actually called, it has a name, it's called Pika or Pika. And what happens with that, it's when dogs and it's not just dogs people do some crazy things as well they eat all sorts of things but it's when they pick up non-food items and eat it so it can be anything from your your gravel your rocks dirt bark sticks plastic they eat all sorts of things from in the yard so you've got to be really careful when you're doing your landscaping of what you're using now the condition isn't really that understood there's a lot of speculation as to what it is sometimes it can be due to boredom it can be due due to stress um some sometimes it's said to be due to new nutritional deficiencies but also it is sometimes in puppies a thing that they're learning about their environment and they'll pick up things and if you're not a good trainer and you go to the dog oh quick i'll take that from you the dog makes a game out of it Mm. and runs away so you need to be if you're having Mm -hmm. a puppy with you making sure that you're getting your puppy to learn the command leave it or give because otherwise if you chase after the puppy, the puppy's going to run away with that rock and eat it. That's a good you point. Get a chance this is to fun. get it. Yes. And it is often the owner that creates the problem of the dog in the beginning eating things that it shouldn't, because as they retreat, they quickly gobble it down and then they've got it. Mm-hmm. So another thing that you need to look at is the diet of the dog. Make sure that your dog does have an adequate diet. If you're not sure about your dog's diet, go and have a chat to your vet about what your dog should be having. This can sometimes, if they've changed the um, the dog's diet, it can sometimes prevent that behaviour from happening. Boredom is another one that really creates a problem because dogs, if they're bored, will become quite destructive. They'll go along and start chewing things that they shouldn't. So you need to make sure your dog's getting plenty of exercise so that they leave these items in the yard alone. Um, If they're high-energy dogs, they need a job to do, so make sure that you're giving your dog something to do to keep them away from eating the rocks. Um, Most people don't realise that um, what you're putting in your yard is up for those puppies or those dogs to get. So just be really, really cautious about what you're using in your landscaping. I know at the moment we've got macadamia nuts falling on the ground. Uh Yep, so we have to go out every morning and pick up the macadamia nuts just so that Avalon doesn't get them.
0: Yeah, well, macadamia nuts uh, cause two problems. One is they'll cause an obstruction, like if they're in the shell, but they're actually toxic themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: The, The kernel that we eat.
2: And, David, when, when a dog does ingest something like a rock, obviously it falls into the stomach. And what yeah. happens then? It just can't pass it and things back up?
0: Or? It depends on the size mm-hmm. of the rock. Mm-hmm. So I remember a dog, you Now this was back in 90, uh, eight, 99, and I saw this dog, and um, it was a generally anxious dog, lovely owner, used to come in all the time, but this dog used to get into so much trouble. <laughs> and I... She said, Oh, you know, I'm worried about him. He's not eating properly. And he was in the garden and I think he might have eaten a rock. And I put my hand on his belly and had a feel of his stomach. And I said, I think he's got a rock in there. Oh, wow. And we x rayed him. And it was like, it was the size of an egg.
1: Oh, oh, wow.
0: In his stomach. And he was like a bull terrier cross.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: because then we had to go to surgery because it'll just sit there. It's like a weight. Yeah. So it doesn't move up into the. It must
1: be so uncomfortable through. for the dog.
0: Well, it also erodes through and rubs through the um, lining of the stomach Yucky. and can perforate.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, mm. if they're big enough, they'll cause that sort of problem. If they're small enough, they'll go through into the small intestine and do the same thing.
2: Yeah, and bark as well, even though that's not heavy, bark can get ingested too. It's
0: pretty abrasive,
2: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gardens are great things, but not for dogs. <laughs> so we've got to be
1: very mindful of that when we're building with different uh, objects Absolutely. and materials to make sure that our dogs don't eat it. No. But, David, what are we chatting about today? A couple of... Worms. Possible. Worms. Okay.
0: Worms. They see, It seems such a boring topic sometimes, but I don't want to put anybody off their lunch. <laughs> but it's, it's, a re- it's really important because we... Even, you know, these days we've got some great treatments around and people go, oh, we've got this six-monthly one and yeah. this one you just put it on the back of the... But uh, they don't always cover. Some of these newer treat- treatments, they're not covering everything. Aren't
1: they? Because I thought no. the latest one covers your worms, it covers your mites, it covers we Well, ticks, we're, we're,
0: we're getting there, yeah. okay? But it's the nature of the, the worms. We're trying to cover so many different species of um, parasites. So just quickly is the kind of the one that people think about as worms is when you know if a puppy's got worms and then they're i I say they look like spaghetti Mm. now they're round worms okay so we do tend to see them in generally in pups or kittens as a cause of disease and in some cases it it can actually cause an obstruction of the bowel if there's that many
5: oh wow nasty that's awful um
0: a lot of i've even had people say oh but i don't think my dog's got worms because i've never seen any Well, worms live inside. They don't come out for only two reasons. One is they're dead or there's not enough room inside. So if you haven't given your pup a worm tablet and there's worms coming out, then there's not enough room. So that's an issue. That's a a big issue. Uh, The other one we see oftentimes in puppies as well is uh, hookworm. Now, these are actually quite tiny. You probably can't see them with the naked eye. And if I showed you a a picture of the head of one on a electron microscope, they look horrendous. They're like predator. They got this big sucker mouth with hooks in it, and they just latch onto the bowel and they just ingest blood. And so I've actually seen puppies that have had chronic anemia, you know, low red blood cells, and we treat them with we give the worm tablet, but we also have to give them a blood transfusion. Wow. So that's pretty significant. That is, yeah,
1: that is.
0: Another one we see is whipworm. Now, these are actually, these are the, any vet will tell you, they're the bane of existence, right? Whipworms, Trocurus vulpus, um, is, they're very hard to detect. They've got complicated lifestyle uh, inside. Uh, they're not complicated, like they've got lots of relationships and, you know, they're on <laughs> Tinder and stuff. But they they actually... They can, in periods of stress, the worm can actually form a cyst inside the bowel wall and sit in there for two years. And you can look for the worm eggs and stuff. There'll be nothing there. Give them worm tablets, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, the worm comes back.
1: Really? Yeah. So they're tricky to get rid of then?
0: Very hard to get rid of. Um, They're impossible to remove from the soil. They can cause... Um, complex medical, medical problems, like they actually start to affect the sodium and the potassium in the blood and things like that. They're not really transmissible to humans, these ones but actually, I was doing some research there have been a few recorded cases of, of whipworms in people now. Oh,
1: okay. I don't
0: know how they got them but anyway. Um, the other big one which a lot of people get is tapeworm yeah. and there's a lot of different uh, species. The ones that we really worry about is a kind and um, you can get that if you're dog eats um, wild meat or offal sheep, things like that and um, it can actually cause cysts inside the body and they can spread to people, they're nasty but the most common tapeworm comes from fleas Okay. So, and tapeworm is one of these species that actually has multiple hosts so it always goes through another animal like sheep or um, you know the flea
1: Okay. Yeah, right. So there's quite a few <coughs> different types. Uh, when we look at worming medication, mm-hmm. do most of it... We haven't mentioned heartworm. Does that still come on a separate
0: medication so, or
1: can you do it all together now?
0: Well, now you can get co- uh, medication that covers covers everything, um, except for tapeworm. You, often, you will often have to give extra medication for tapeworm because it's a bit different in its um, biology.
1: And, and if your dogs already ha- have the worms, uh, you, you, start them, you start treatment regardless, or is that slightly different with heartworm?
0: Uh, with, oh, with heartworm? Um, well, look, the good news about heartworm, when I graduated and started off in the Hunter Valley, which was 30 years ago, we used to treat heartworm dogs all the time, dogs that have got heartworm yep. all the time, used to treat them heaps, and now we don't see them hardly at all. Excellent. But as soon as people start to lapse with their care, okay, they're spread by mosquito, uh, as soon as people start to lapse with their care, we are going to see it come back, and there have been reports of that from time to time. It is a nasty, bad, bad, bad disease. Yeah. I hope I never see it again. So, you know, there's injections that last 12 months. There's back of the neck that lasts for months that'll treat it as well so or prevent it. So
1: Okay. Yeah. Just make sure you're keeping up to date. Really important.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of information to take in. So the best thing is make sure when you get a pup, go to puppy preschool. You'll get that education you'll probably even get some free worm tablets and you can talk to the veterinary staff about what the best worming uh, cover is and regime that you should be using.
1: Okay let's go to the phones now 49216216 Warwick from Wanji question about your two-year-old dog.
0: Yes thanks
6: for taking my call Um, I have a two-year-old black Labrador it's actually my son and he lives for the water and after a certain amount of time, he ingests water from both ends, and it becomes very nasty. And I'm wondering, is this dangerous, or is there a way around it?
0: Um, now, you're just uh, swimming in the lake there, and then is that where we're getting the problem?
6: That's correct. Yeah. He chases a ball, and he'll do it all day. And is he and then,
0: is he deliberately drinking the water? Or is it just through no, no? Play? It's,
6: uh, it's, well, it's through play while he's fetching and such, you know, yeah. and he. he and I can't not bring him out because I love him and he loves to do it too so I'm wondering is there a way around this
0: um no there's no way around it um because basically what's happening is he's ingesting salt water which yep. is which stimulates the gut and so yep. he'll get vomiting and diarrhea and I've seen That's that yeah. happen as well where they um you know they'll be squirting it out the back end and vomiting oh, yeah. at the same time oh so yeah you can you That's can it. kind of um you know say don't swallow the water yeah um but he's a two yeah exactly um so the only way to prevent that is to actually limit his time there but as you said uh he's just having such a good time now apart from the gastrointestinal stimulation and the diarrhea does it cause problems well it can it can it can cause problems if they ingest too much Yeah. generally the thing is that when they vomit they're getting rid of that water Okay. Correct. So the saltiness of the water is far salt. It's much more salty than our body water, and yeah. so that's why it's triggering that reaction. Um, yeah. And if they ingest too much, or if they um, don't have access to free water, which is just normal drinking water, yeah, yeah, we call it free water because it hasn't got any salt in it. Yeah. Um, then if you limit their access to free water, they can actually end up with salt toxicity, which can yeah. af- affect their brain. I read that, yeah. Yeah, so it's unlikely to see that usually if they're getting that vomiting and diarrhoea, but you do need to be cautious. I'm, I'm kind of trying to hedge my bet without scaring you too much. But yeah, no, I get it, yeah. You yeah. know, it can cause problems, um, and if you notice any behaviour changes or uh, lethargy following, you know, playing in the lake, then I'd certainly seek urgent veterinary attention.
2: Yeah, and Warwick, Warwick, I wouldn't be playing ball um, at the lake either. I'd be just letting him swim. You know, when he's going for the ball and yeah. he's, he's catching yep. the ball in his mouth, he's obviously ingesting a lot of water as he takes the ball in, so yes. I would yes. I would certainly, um, you know, leave the ball at home, use that in the backyard mm. or the park, but not down yep. at the water. There is another thing that you can do if, um, if he's continuing to drink the water just out of habit. There are some inflatable, um, like Elizabethan collars you can get. Um, I know that we use them, and that keeps the dog's head out of the water a bit more and you can deflate them for the um, the comfort of the dog so that they're not too high and they're just keeping the head above water.
6: Yeah. I, I have heard about them and read about them so that was my next part of the question was going to be is that an alternative and by the sound of it it may be mm.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I would certainly leave that ball at home because that's creating a little bit more of an issue for him. Meg thank you for waiting. You've got a question about your 8 month old foxy.
5: That's correct, yes, yes I um, I just don't know whether dogs can get dermatitis.
0: Oh, absolutely! She's
5: scratching. She's mm. scratching all the time. Mm. i mow I, I I do a lot of mowing, and whether that is it, I don't know.
0: Well, we we see a lot of uh, dogs with skin disease, yeah. and it's probably one of the biggest areas of uh, concern for pet owners um, yeah. for a number of reasons. One is because kind of, no matter what the cause, they all look the same. You know, the the skin has limited ways of responding and so you know, you could say, your neighbour says, oh, my dog had that and it was this and you go in and the vet says, no, it's not that, it's this. Because there's actually only a couple of ways that the skin can respond and yet we've got tons of different reasons why dogs can get skin problems and itchiness and things like that so I was actually um last week i was attended a a workshop or a, a discussion group with a specialist dermatologist who was in newcastle and um he took us through this process of diagnosing a disease called atopic dermatitis or atopy which is an inherited form of Skin allergy. Now, I'm not saying your dog has got that, but certainly that's a common cause.
5: It sounds like she's she's uh, she's even scratching her ear. I mean, she plays with the cat. The cat's five years old, right? But but uh, and she's only just seven months. But um, she's uh, uh, um, uh, she's just scratching all the time. Mm.
0: So one of the things you you mentioned, she's scratching at her ear. And,
5: oh, it's um, something is,
0: because ears ble- start to bleed, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so the other thing that happens is, so first of all, skin disease can always look, it looks the same regardless of what causes it, so that makes it difficult to determine, and so we mm. have to look in deeper. Second thing is that we commonly see ear disease associated with generalised itchiness and allergies, and mm. there can be parasites, it can be grass allergies and things I like that. I think it's grass, I really do. Well, it's you mentioned far- the mowing. Yeah, she goes as soon as I mow. She's out there burrowing into. It. I try to rake it all up, but before I get there, she's <laughs> there. <Well,
5: laughs> uh, she's not doing herself any uh, favours, <laughs> is doing
0: she? So favors, I'm no. Sure. So one of the other things is that skin disease. The longer you leave it, yeah. the harder and harder it gets to treat. That's and right. so it's certainly this is the scenario where I say would say you really need to get checked out by your veterinarian. There's will, a couple of I'll things. Get
5: yeah, I, I got a very good bet. I I lost a dog, and um, uh, he was top. He was mm. he was Bob, and I had him for eleven years. And but he didn't have that. He just he died of cancer. But oh, okay. that's why I got this little dog. And, oh, um, a treasure! And uh, but but she's beautiful. She's uh, I call I call I call her Topsy. Topsy.
0: Well, we want we want Topsy to be happy and healthy, tip top yeah, condition, tip top condition. So I'd certainly. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get off to your vet and get them to start the process. Hopefully, they can sort it out. If not, you might need to see a specialist dermatologist.
1: All right, well, Put good luck down. with it, Meg. We've got time for one more call. We've got a free line, 49216216. While we wait, let's have a quick look at our dog of the week, Callie. Now, Callie's really sitting to attention in this picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you're looking for a loving, sweet, full of personality addition to your family, then look no further than the beautiful Callie. Uh, she's eight months old. She's a cattle cross fox terrier. So she looks like a, quite a smallish dog, a me- medium to small dog, mm. would you say, David?
0: Yeah, me... Yes, small, small to medium.
1: She's cute. She loves cuddles <laughs> and snuggles. She's full of energy and would suit a home with a large yard and other dogs to play with. She is fantastic with other dogs and will benefit from her ongoing socialisation. She's suited to an active family who can include her in activities and outings. And she be well suited... Su- oh, don't re- read that twice. She'll be well suited with uh, other dogs. Oh, I feel like I've read that twice. If you'd like more information, then please head to our website, too, and you are. nurfmcom She dot com. sounds perfect. She sounds like a really good girl, doesn't she? Good looking. Yeah. Yeah, she is a good-looking girl. I like blondes. <laughs> All right, let's go to our final caller today. Uh, have we got Stella on the line from Charlestown? Nope. If David's listening at reception, I'll just get you to um, take off your line, Stella, so we can grab her because she's got a question about her dog. Now, David, we spoke a little bit about um, worms today. And hang on, I think we've got Stella now. Are you there, Stella? I am. Beautiful. What's your question for David? Um, so we've got
4: a miniature Jackson who is seven years old
5: mm-hmm. and probably the
4: last three days or so he's been excessively licking just under his arm and, and then his arm itself. Like, it's, it's it's not continuous but it's pretty constant and it's like he's irritated or something. I've, I've checked um, as best I can. I can't see anything uh, but just wondering if you had any thoughts on that.
0: So it's... um. Just licking, have you, and you didn't notice any swelling there? No. No? Like it. no. I'm, it's, a, it's a strange presentation, and I'd be wondering about, I mean, there can be an allergy, obviously, but that's just kind of strange to pop up now with only the last three days and just in that specific place, but certainly that could be a possibility. The other thing I'm thinking is that there could even be, like, a little grass seed or a thorn or a puncture that's occurred there, and she's just licking that. <laughs> That might actually start to show up as a bit of swelling and certainly needs to be checked out by your vet. Um, the other possibility would be that uh, we can see some of the lymph nodes in that area can get a bit inflamed. If there's a problem, say, further down on the foot, then that would drain to those lymph nodes under the arm and that could cause some soreness and irritation. Usually you might see some swelling, but maybe she's you know, obviously a bit more alert to what her body's telling her. Uh, it's it's not a specific thing that we see with any particular disease. So, um, I, probably a good time for a seven-year-old, I'd be getting her checked out by your vet anyway to make sure there's no other problems going on, and hopefully it's nothing too major. But it's... the
4: other thing, old, us, just as you mentioned that is that he's had um, like you know when they get big by mosquitoes and there's those little bumps. Yeah. Underneath, because he's a short-haired dachshund. Um, I've noticed those as well, sort of all over, not all over his body, but, you know, it's certainly enough for me to go, well, what's what's that? But there hasn't been
0: any mosquitoes around, so... Yeah, sometimes we'll see the skin, as I was just saying with Meg a minute ago, the skin reacts in so many different ways. And so certainly allergies, certainly insect bites can cause a whole range of patterns. Uh, Again, something to get checked out by a vet. But I'd be cautiously concerned about having a lump or that soreness that she's licking at. That seems unusual.
1: Look, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for everyone who did give us a call. Of course, we will be back next week. Until then, Cheryl Shaw, Dr David Tabrett, thank you both much. you. You enjoyed my uh, SES orange today for Wow Day? Look fabulous. I, I
0: need my sunnies on. Well so bright. it is
1: quite bright. Mm. But if you need help,
0: you need
1: no I'm way right way to here. look. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly
0: right. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.